Hey, everybody, I am Stephanie Goss, and this is another episode of the Uncharted Podcast. This week on the podcast, Annie and I are continuing a conversation that we started recently with an attendee from one of our workshops. And this person was reaching out and asking for help with how do I have some hard conversations because they have the opportunity to buy in to their practice. They are an associate DVM and they are buying in and they have a situation that makes them a little bit nervous. And that is they have a team member who is related to the manager in this practice. And unfortunately, the team member who is related not doing such a great job at their job. And this associate who's buying in is wondering, how do I manage this situation? What do I do when someone's related to the boss and they kind of suck at their job? Let's get into this one. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. And we are back. It's me, Dr. Andy Rourke and Stephanie. This is a family business guy. <laughs> Yes, it is. Yes, How's it, it going, is. Andy Work? It's it's good. It is good. We are rolling along through a uh, exciting week. Yes. Um, yeah. Just looking at the world, uh, trying to figure out, you know, what's what what's figure out what's going to happen and what to do. Looking, uh, I'm planning on being at Western Vet Conference. Yes. Uh, and just looking at. Looking at, you know, looking at, at uh, attendance and looking at safety stuff in Western, in uh, Las Vegas, and just kind of trying to figure it all out and put it together. And what does that look like? And, you know, I don't know. It's just the world seems more complicated today than it did a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I feel like I, <laughs> I feel like I'm constantly looking at my crystal ball and trying yeah. to trying to decide and at this point i feel like an eight ball might be more effective <laughs> like, yeah right <laughs> yeah that's where i feel like the state of our world is at at this point but yeah, yeah it's 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 hard it's it's very hard there is um there's a big part of me that hopes that we get to go to vegas and that real in-person hugs with vaccinated friends happen. And then there's another part of me that is like, I'm good in my little bubble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just what it's, it's just one of those things. I think a lot of us are being kind of forced to, to take things one day at a time. I'm not sure yeah. that's, that's super bad. You know, it's just, as long as your expectations are realistic, I think one of the things that you and I have done pretty well is just being upfront with people about, you know, uh, they'll ask about something in six months and go, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. In six. I don't know. We're just, you know, we're going to hope for the best and prepare for the worst. And that's, yeah. that's how we're going to live our life. And yeah. that may be, you know, that may kind of be the norm for a while. Yeah. So uh, speaking of living our lives, we, uh, we recently did some workshops and uh, for, for uh, through Uncharted. And uh, we had a conversation with someone who was struggling with something in their practice. And it was completely side conversation. Um, mm -hmm. But the conversation was um, about a situation that I think is really relevant. And it's funny because when we were listening to the concern, I was like, oh, yeah, mm -hmm. I recognize that because as a manager, um, every practice I worked in, except for my most recent practice, was a family dynamic. It was usually a husband and wife team or a partner team. And family dynamics are real. <laughs> and and uh, so you and I were talking to someone who is uh, a, an, a, an associate and who is buying a practice. And there is a manager in place and they like the manager. They get along really well. Um, and there is someone who is related to the manager who works in the practice. And this is really, I find this really common. Um, and so this is, I think, going to be one of those episodes where there are a lot of people listening going, wait, are they talking about my clinic? Yeah. <laughs> because it's it's really common. And so there's someone who is related uh, to someone who's in a leadership role within the practice. And this person is a challenge. They um, struggle to be great at their job. They make a lot of mistakes. They seem generally unhappy. Um, and so this doctor was like, I don't even know if they like their job. But it, even if they do like their job, I don't know if when I am the practice 
owner, I'm in charge as the medical director, if I even want to keep them on the team because they make a lot of mistakes and there's a lot of challenges. And they were like, what do I do about the, what do I do at all? (laughs) But especially it's complicated, right? Because you're dealing with family and family is always complicated. And so uh, they were just like, how do I, how do I deal with this? How do I approach this, um, this conversation? And you and I thought that it would be a great podcast episode because this person was asking this question thinking, I am so alone in this. Like, I'm sure nobody else has dealt with this. (laughs) And my head first went to, oh yeah, no, this is... (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> this happens all the time, and yeah. it's yeah. Uh, and it's a challenge every time. <laughs> yeah. All right. So just to summarize and restate, we have a buyer person buying who is not yet, but will buy the practice. Yep. And they are looking at the practice manager who is doing a good job apparently, yep. and then but the practice manager has a family member. Yep. And we'll call this person family member who uh, it may be a problem you know there's some concerns about the quality of work and mistakes being made and things like that yep. okay so those are those are the players right now um let's let's start with some headspace you yeah. ready yeah, i love okay. it okay all right first thing uh this is we're this is already <laughs> this is already a bit um a bit <laughs> off off the rails and i'll tell you why and this is super easy so let let me let me explain this as you know when you know when you are have a personality type where you make the same mistake again and again and again to the point that you can see it really easily. Yeah. That's that's me looking at this problem right now, as I will tell you. <laughs> as an over as a planner, as a as a big planner, mm-hmm. um and I and an, and a frequent over planner, <laughs> I will tell you that we have we have we're already out in uh in dark waters just because the concerns that are taking place are we are put the cart so far before the horse. The horse the horse can't even find the cart because it's so far out there. It's like, when I buy this practice, then what if the manager has a problem with me working to coach or, you know, manage this person who is in their family? I would say, let's, let's, first thing is, let's cross that bridge when we come to it. You know, right. if this is not something that would make you rethink your decision to buy the practice, then there's just so many unknowns here, especially with fi- family dynamics. Like you said, like, I, I don't know how these people feel, you know, in my in my mind, I've got some, you know, weird Hatfield McCoy dynamic. <laughs> how dare you? If you don't fire my brother, you snake in the grass. Uh, if you fire me, we're all going to quit. Like you, I hit those types of weird scenarios in my mind. That's probably not going to happen, uh, you know, but um. But the first thing I would say is let's ratchet the tension way down on this uh, because this is a thing that we will sort out one way or another when we get there. If it's not a big enough concern for you to not buy the purchase then or purchase the practice, then I would say, okay, headspace, let's just chill. We will, we will, we will sort this out. I'm confident we can do that and we'll sort it out when we get there. So, uh, so don't play the what if game. Don't catastrophize. Don't don't get bogged down spending your time thinking in theoreticals because they're probably they're probably not going to happen. So as someone who has spent way too much time trying to imagine every possible scenario and never getting it right, I would just say it's not worth it. You catastrophizing? Never. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I can tell you how I can tell you how every decision in my day can end with me living in the woods. <laughs> Uh, by myself eating salamanders. Oh gosh. No, I, and here's, here's the thing. The reason that I think we were having this conversation is because um, it might not feel like it's a big enough thing to not want to buy the practice, but the anxiety and the stress and the, the emotional turmoil over disciplining employees is a huge part of why a lot of people hate practice ownership. Yeah. <laughs> it's why sure. people get a manager because they don't want to have to deal with that. And I'm I'm ha- I'm hallucinating here, but I'm hazarding based on a, the conversation that this associate is struggling with just that. Because when you think about it, you think I'm practice owner. This is the part that I gives me anxiety. Like I don't want to do this. I'm going to have a manager. And then you think, okay, this manager is directly tied to this person that I'm probably going to have to deal with in some way, shape, or form. Um, that feels that feels really real and it doesn't seem like such a stretch to go from there to out in the woods 
living in a cardboard box, right? Yep. And so, and so that's why it that's why it happens. And I agree with you 100. Like this is this is a giant gopher trap. <laughs> like we're yep. we're gonna fall right in the gopher hole here because you don't know. You have no yeah. you have you, no idea what's yeah, gonna happen. You, you, this could, this could go a million ways. Right. That said, uh, we're gonna set you up for success. Like yes. there, there's a hundred there's a lot of things you can do just to shore up. Uh, some of the some of the spaces and yep. and just kind of keep keep everything out in front of you where you can deal with it. So you know, uh, it, I would just say this: generally, in having hard conversations with employees, uh, everybody has to do it. If you own a business, like yes. it is going to happen. If if it doesn't happen here, it's going to happen somewhere else. It's just part of the deal. I will tell you, it's a skill, and like any skill, uh, it gets easier with practice and uh, and with some time. And yes. so just don't, it, it's not, I, you know, I get, I get letters from people um, or I get side conversations with people who they question their ability to be a practice owner or a medical director because they're nervous, like really nervous about conversations like this. Yeah. And I just want to say everybody's nervous about conversations like this, especially early on. And so the fact that you are having some anxiety about this does not mean that you should not be the practice owner. You know, uh, it's just, this is so normal, so normal. But uh, that being said, there's a couple things that that we can do that can just put you in a good spot to be successful in the conversation. And then the other part is just some experience of having these conversations is going to help a lot. Well, and I'm going to tell you guys a secret. I, I am pretty self-aware and I, um, I'm going to just go out on a limb and say that I know that I'm pretty good at my job <laughs> and I, my palms sweat still every, yeah. to this day, every time I have to have um, one of these kinds of really hard conversations, my heart beats fast. Like I turn bright red, I get, I get anxious about it still. And yet um, I, I do it because to your point, Andy, it is, it is very much a skill. And I think that I have gotten pretty good at these hard conversations because I have practiced it and I have done the things that we're going to talk through in terms of the steps and it, it doesn't make it, it doesn't make it any easier. And so, you know, I still just tell myself, just take a deep breath. <laughs> That's where it always yeah. starts is take a deep breath and just let go of some of that panic and anxiety um, because it's going to be there, you know, it's going to be there no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely is. <laughs> Whenever we start to have talks like this, you know, talk about the anxiety and everything. The greatest picture of this that I've ever seen is in the movie Moneyball. Um, and it's it's a, it's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, I re the book is fantastic. Uh, the, the movie is really, really good. It's got Brad Pitt, if that's a selling point for you, and uh, and Jonah and Jonah Hill, who I think is really funny. There's but there's a scene. I won't I won't, I won't butcher it, but it's you can you can give it a Google, but uh, Google Moneyball firing, and uh, they're role playing, and so Brad Pitt has Jonah Hill <laughs> role play firing, like letting an employee go, and it is hilarious because Jonah Hill is he is us in so many ways. I'm like. <laughs> He's like, you probably don't want to move uh, when your kids are in school. <laughs> you probably want to wait. And he just gets into this deep rabbit hole of all <laughs> all of the things that could that could have affect this, this transaction. So I think that's so many of us. But if uh, if you if you feel like uh, if the, if these conversations cause you anxiety, that that is a great scene in a movie that always makes me laugh and, and gives some perspective. I, I know Mike Falconer, who we're both yeah. fans of. Uh, <laughs> likes to show that uh, as far as like how not to talk to your employees. Uh -huh. uh, anyway, uh, so I, I love that. That's worth a Google if you just want to laugh today. And if you haven't seen the movie Moneyball, it's it's good movie. You would enjoy it maybe. Um, so anyway. All okay. Right. So Headspace, we have to start with uh, not, not catastrophizing. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So not catastrophizing. Uh, the, the other part of Headspace that's just like this too is you know, I had a mentor early in my career and he knows that I would do that, right? Because I would always be like, well, what if they do this? Right. And what if they say that? And I got an email and what if they want this? And what if they tell me I have to do that? And and I would have those thoughts and, and uh, they felt productive at the time. Um, but he would always just kind of shake his head and he would just say, Andy, just go talk to him. Right. Just go talk to him. <laughs> and I, I feel like once you've made the decision, like I'm going to buy this practice, what am I going to do about this? So, you know what? We're just going to go talk to him. Yeah. And, and I feel like if you can get yourself in that headspace of like, we're just going to talk. And I think that that's really val valuable. So it's it's tied to don't catastrophize. Just just go talk to them. When you get to the the time, you know, um, and this is a concern, you're, you're going to have some options. You can 
You can do nothing. You can say, I'm I'm the new owner now and things are changing. And and here's just examples. That person may leave. When right. you become the owner, they might be like, this is my cue to step out of here. Yep. Uh, you know, they're like, oh, this person's always giving me a hard time and I don't want to work here anymore. And they're going to leave. And then you never even have the conversation. Right. And that 100 percent can happen. You know, there's no telling what's going to happen. You might buy the practice in the first day. The manager's like, look, you should really let my cousin go. Uh, like, he's like he's family, but he's useless. I, I don't know what they're going to say. I have no idea what they're going to say. And the, but these things do these things do happen. So, uh huh. I've been there. Have yeah, that conversation. Totally. Look, he's family, but good God, if you don't fire him, I'm I'm gonna quit. Um, so yeah, there's there's those things. Um, if you choose to do something about it, then the the family part shouldn't matter all that much. I guess in my right. head, right? So I guess here's what I'm saying: um, family dynamics are real and they are important. It's yeah. not your family, right? Right. And so when you come in as the practice owner. You want to run a boring business. And I'm I'm talking a lot about boring businesses these days because <laughs> I think boring businesses are generally good. And so when I talk about boring businesses, boring businesses are businesses that treat everyone the same way uh, for the most part. And, you know, they have standard processes. They're clear about what it means to do a good job and what it means to not do a good job. There's, you know, they have sort of some, some basic career development things. There's just, they're not wildly emotional places yeah and that's what that's what you want to be so you're going to run a boring business hopefully and um and the family stuff is just not going to factor all that all that much into it and the last thing i would sort of sort of want to say is don't make assumptions about how the manager is going to feel um but try to empathize with them and so we talk about setting people up for success it is a hard ask to ask someone to manage a family member yep in 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 their job you know what i mean and the reason it's a hard ask is because this person has to go home and then see that person there yes and after this person's after the employment time together ends they're still going to see this person right they're going to see them at family gatherings they're right. going to see them how you know who knows how long and so you can part ways with this person and probably never see them again or see them very infrequently that may not be an option for the manager who has yeah. this person as a family member. And so asking them to manage or especially to discipline their family member, that's that can be a really hard ask. Yeah, absolutely. So em- empathize. Yep. I, and I think that empathy is really, really important because anytime that there is um, family or close relations involved in a, a, within a business, there's there's always emotions involved. And, um, you know, the other piece of that is um, most of the time, there are more than two, the two people who work with you that are also involved. So uh, the thing you have to remember is not only is your manager potentially going to have to deal with them, but, you know, if, if you're, if it's your, um, your manager's niece or nephew, well, then their siblings are involved because they've probably talked to their parents about their work situation. And so now your manager has to not only face down their niece or nephew who's behaving potentially badly at work, but they also have to deal with their siblings' expectations, right? Because it's their siblings' kid. So thinking about that and thinking about the other people that are tied to the situation and putting on that empathy hat is really, really important. And so you know, one of one of the things as we kind of move into the action steps is I I would ask, uh, you know, the, the manager what uh, what they think. But I would also relieve them without their opinion of the expectation that they manage the situation. Like there's a reason why big companies have policies where family can't directly work together. <laughs> within a department like you can't it's like it's like um you can't have somebody that you're related to be your boss and you're not in that in that scenario there's a very very good reason for that and so if i was this associate buying into a practice one of the first things that i would do is just have that that clear conversation with the manager i'm not expecting you to deal with this i'm gonna take this i'm gonna take one for the team i'm gonna i'm gonna take the bullet on this because they should not be put in that situation where you are turning around and saying hey i think that you're you know i think that your niece or nephew is a pain in the ass and i think they need to go can you just fire them and take care of that like oh, that's, yeah. that's not fair 
I, th I think that's a great point. All right, that's what I got for Headspace. If you don't have anything else, then I think mm -hmm. let's let's take a break here and then we're gonna come back and let's get into the action steps. Sounds good. Hey guys, it's Stephanie and I just have to break in here for one second to make sure that you know about an upcoming workshop that if you are focused on the team, if you are focused on customer service and good cultural foundation for your practice, you are not gonna wanna miss. And that is a workshop that our dear friend, Dr. Marianne Vandalindi is gonna be putting on for Uncharted. It is on Wednesday, September 22nd. It's an evening workshop from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, Dr. Vandalindi is going to be doing a workshop called Team Power, adding value to your visits. And she is going to explore the idea that veterinary medicine is very much a team sport. And that our team adds exponential value to our exam rooms and to our care visits. She's got some case studies to look at a clinic in crisis and learn how to build a core foundation for your team that is built on core values that are then going to lead and link to key behaviors and traits that you can promote and grow in your team. So if this sounds like something you would love to get in on, head on over to the website at unchartedvet.com forward slash upcoming dash events. And you can find the registration information for Dr. Vandalindy's workshop, as well as all of the upcoming events for Uncharted. Now back to our regularly scheduled broadcast. All right. So let's start with action steps and yep. the first action step for me i'm just gonna grab i'm grabbing the steering wheel here i'm not i'm not <laughs> not stopping talking so stephanie can go I this is important no the first the first action step is to take your foot off the gas right um it's easy it's easy when you're going to become the practice owner or you're going to become the medical director or you're going to become the practice manager and you've been there to say these are the things that need to change Right. And they need to change immediately. And my first day on the job, I'm going to change these things. And I would say that often, if the groundwork for the things you want to have happen has not happened, you're going to have to lay the groundwork before yep. you can do those things. And so I think a lot of people are working on an unrealistic time frame and they end up uh, shooting themselves in the foot because of it. Yeah. So so let me let me give an example here. Um, let's say that this uh, employee has not been doing a good job and they do make a lot of mistakes and there have, you know, and they do hurt other people's feelings. I have no idea what they do. But let's just say they do those things. Right. If none of that has been documented. Right. <laughs> and none of it has been recorded or reported, uh, it, it didn't happen, basically. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. When you come in trying to use your ideas about what happened that was not documented in the past is just um it's it's a lot of rocking the boat especially when the when you consider like you're the new owner and everyone is live is now working in a practice that has a brand new owner and they're already afraid of change and uncertainty um unless this is a make or break right now issue which is probably not you're just going to need to pump the brakes in, yep. in my opinion and just back off and then start laying the groundwork to get where you want to be. I, I think that's totally fair. And I also think that being an associate and buying in creates great, great opportunity to set the stage with the scene that you want you want to set it mm -hmm. with. Right. So like, yes, you should take it slow. And I agree moving to a conversation about how do you deal with this challenge? And from a management perspective, it sounds like it's a disciplinary conversation. I agree, you know, tapping the brake and saying, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stop on this for a second is good. And you can lay that groundwork in, have a conversation with the team about your expectations. Like, especially if those things haven't been in place and that's this, I look at this as an opportunity. Yes, it's a lot of work, but for, for the associate who's buying in, define the expectations, tell the yep. team if it's a, if it's an attendance issue, this is an easy opportunity to just say, Hey guys, I just want to make sure that we have some of these things clarified. You know, I want to update our policy handbook. I want to have some team conversation about um, team relationships and communication, because I want us to start off on the best best foot possible. Not I'm addressing this because there's a problem, but I want to, I want to start us off in the right direction and coming yes. at it from a place of positivity creates great opportunity for change. Yes. Oh God, I love that so much. You're exactly, you're exactly right. And so when I talk about even stepping back, 
Um, and, and we talked before the break about like, you don't know what's going to happen. Um, if you become the medical director, if you become the new owner, you become a new partner and you address the team. And, and we've, we've talked about this a number of times in the past on different episodes, I'll always come from a place of positivity, talk to them about the great job that they're doing, and then talk to them about going to the next level, talk yep. to them about how the practice is going to grow, you know, talk about uh, all the good things that we're going to do and make it very future forward facing. But if you come in and say, hey, guys, this is where we're going to go. And these are the things that we want to do. And we want to focus on these sorts of things and these trainings. And you guys are going to, you know, um, I'm, I'm super thrilled to have you here. And we're going to be we're going to be on this journey together. Um, it will shake people out at the very beginning. And it may yeah. be a, a thing where if you come and you say, hey, guys, we're, we're going to really focus on our quality of medicine and our quality of care. And the person that that you're worried about may come to you in the first week and go, this is not the right place for me anymore. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you'll say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry uh, that you feel that way. Um, but, best of luck. you know, best of luck. And and that will be it. And you'll high five, uh, you know, when when they leave. But th but those things definitely happen. And so, yeah. you know, set the expectation of, hey, we're going to do new and exciting things and then see what happens. And it is possible. Let's let's be positive here. It's possible that you'll come in and start to talk about where you want to go and changes you want to make and how your practice is going to grow. And this person will get inspired mm -hmm. and get engaged and mm -hmm. motivated. And you'll start to see behaviors that you haven't seen before. And then yes. you're going to positively reinforce those behaviors. And this person who is a, a secretly disengaged employee, and which we've already said, like, I don't even know if this person likes their job. Right. It may be that you can engage this person and, and they they will they will change and they come along. It, it can absolutely happen. Mm -hmm. So so cart before the horse. Um, go ahead and get get in there and just and start laying the groundwork and the expectations for where your team is going. The other yeah. thing that's always good, especially with this, if you set expectations for everybody, then you're not you're not um, singling out, you know, cousin Stacy. Right. Or, you know, like <laughs> right. yep. you're you're not, you're, you know, you're, you're setting these precedents and, and it's also possible that cousin Stacy's going to self-select out. So that, that's all of that stuff makes sense. But again, um, pumping the brakes a little bit on this specific issue while you lay groundwork, while you set expectations. I love your, your comment on policies and procedures, like start laying that stuff down. And if people don't want to be there, then, then they'll leave. And that's, mm -hmm. that's totally fine. I think as you lay these things down, I think we should start to talk about the management structure. And yes. this is the time, if we haven't, to talk to the practice manager and sort of say, how do you think it's going having uh, your cousin in the building or having your nephew or having your brother? Um, and just see what they say. And they might be like, I don't know, man, it's a bit stressful. Uh, you know, um, I, I, I don't know what they'll say. Yeah. But I think that I think that going ahead and not setting it up as I think your family member is coming up short and mm -hmm. we need to fix that. But instead... I want to go ahead and set up a management structure where you're not managing family mm -hmm. um, and just getting that in place before yep. we do anything with it. I think that's a worthwhile investment. Yeah, I I agree with I agree with that um, for sure. And the the reason that I agree really strongly with it is because um, when I do a little bit of forward thinking, not catastrophizing but a little forward thinking yep. mm -hmm. one of the realities is it is a possibility that if there are family relations involved or even non-family relations like i've seen this with um with paraprofessional staff with technicians who are friends and one of them gets disciplined and they both wind up leaving because they feel like it's unfair or unjust like the reality is when people are connected um, on a personal level and things happen that are disciplinary within a job environment, people talk to the people that they're close to. And so the reality is if we move into a disciplinary realm at some point in time, I have to think about the fact that I could potentially lose this other person as a result of that, because that's just how the world, it's just how the world works. When people are connected, there are strong feelings and strong emotions. And so for me, part of it is thinking about that so that I can have a really good, honest conversation with the manager and and not, not so that I can talk specifically about that or that I can even allude to the fact that that is on my what, what if catastrophe list, but so that I can have the conversation with them and say, hey, 
I just want to make sure you feel really supported. I want to make sure that we set you up for success because the reality is if the other person is really happy and they have felt empowered and they have felt set up for success, they, I have absolutely managed through situations where I was positive the other person in the relationship was going to leave the practice as well. And they have stayed because mm-hmm. they have felt supportive and they have felt like they're, they felt secure in their job. And so I absolutely want to come at it from that long-term play of this is on my possibility list. And so I'm going to do everything that I can to make sure that I I have done what I can to stop that from happening. And so yeah. it's absolutely for me, I agree with you about having that conversation and saying, how can I, how can I support you in this regard? And just acknowledging the awkwardness. <laughs> you know, it is weird to have to deal with family. And I don't know how this was set up in the in the past. I don't know why it was set up this way. I don't, doesn't matter to me. I just want you to know that I want to do everything I can to make this situation the most comfortable for you and I both moving forward. So here's what I would like to do. Yep. I agree. Um, I think that, you know, as we said, stepwise, making that person not the boss of of their family member, I think, if, if possible, I, I think yep. that just sort of takes a lot of tension down. I really like your point. Um, whenever you discipline someone or you, if it comes to it, let someone go, there's always the chance that they're going to be angry and try to poison the water. Yep. You know what I mean? Like yep. that's that's the disgruntled employee leaving yes. a one-star review. That's the disgruntled employee trying to get their friend who works with them to also quit and yep. come along. And it happens. Um, and so just know it, it can always happen. There's mm-hmm. always the chance of this. Yep. I think I think one of the most liberating things that you can realize is this is always a possibility. Yes. And so so what do we do about it? it it's um to me, it, it's gotta, it's gotta be as bo- as boring as possible. And I keep sort of keep going back to that, but you know, it really is. It's clear communication. It's yeah. clear expectations. It's documentation. It's going through the process. Um, and again, it's not having a vendetta. I'm not out to get anyone. But the truth is, if the manager is a good manager, and you're documenting mistakes that are being made, especially if they're significant mistakes, like with medications and things, mm-hmm. the manager's gonna know that this yep. is not acceptable. Um, you know, and most people are not going to be so blinded by emotion. They go, yeah, no, he got written up three times. Right. And, and and that was not acceptable. And he had to be let go. I think they'll feel sorry for their family member. They, you know, uh, they, they'll wish that it had worked out. But ultimately, it's not it's not my fault, you know, yeah. that, that my cousin got, you know, made these mistakes and, and got let go. Yeah. So I just think it's a lot of it. I, I think the way you counter that, there, sort of there's two things. There There is a risk that there may be collateral damage whenever we let someone go. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of us have been very afraid of that. It goes back to what we say in about every episode is, how do you want to suffer? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you, knowing that life is hard, knowing that there's it's, there's always going to be problems. Do you want to keep this employee that's not cutting it? Right. And deal with the negative consequences of that, whether they're medical mistakes or culture problems or things like that. Or do you want to let this person go knowing that there's a possibility that it may affect the relationship that the manager has with the practice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at some point you've got to make that call. The other thing too is sort of like, um, if you make it apparent that um, that one way to negotiate with you is to have connections, you know, uh, with with important people in your practice, then other people are going to do that. And it may not be their family, yes. but you know, hey, my friends and I, we're sticking together. And again, you just don't want to get into that. So you've just got to, you've got to go through the process, treat people fairly, treat them with respect. And the other thing is, let's be honest and look around. And if you have high risk departure employees, you say, hey, if we let this person go, then they, the other person may feel tempted to leave and go with them. And we'd like to retain that person. Are there things that we can do to uh, increase our chances of being able to retain this person while the mm-hmm. other person departs. Yep. And I think to your point of saying, I want to support this person. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think uh, I think the person that we want to retain, seeing opportunities for advancement, seeing a future, you know, seeing benefits of being in our practice. I, I think we just kind of want to make those things clear. And again, I wouldn't necessarily tie them together, but um, but yeah, I'm going to make a good pitch to retain someone, uh, even though their friend is leaving. And if I'm successful, then yay. And if I'm not successful, then boo. But I still did what I thought ultimately had to do because, um, you know, I made my best shot. 
Mm-hmm. I decided this person needed to go and that was the right thing to do. I made an attempt to retain their friend uh, and it did not work. And I ended up losing a good employee to get rid of the employee I needed to get rid of. That does not change the fact that I needed to get rid of this person. Right. Yeah. And I I think that for me, this fault, this kind of thinking and planning, I can imagine some people listening going, but Andy, you said at the beginning not to put the cart before the horse and not to catastrophize. But now you're talking about the what if scenarios. For me, this is um, this is about smart business planning. You know, as a as a leader, part of my job is to imagine some of those scenarios. And so for me, it's about finding that line between walking the edge of the gopher hole and falling down it. And so it's about signposting and recognizing that this is a thing that could happen. And if it does, if do I feel strongly enough about it to put time and energy into planning some support for this scenario? Or is this Um, something that I recognize. And when I step back, I recognize that it could kind of fall down the gopher hole territory. And so maybe I'm not going to put a plan in place. Maybe I'm just going to recognize that I have fear about that. I'm going to walk away from it for a minute. Right. So that's, that's really what it's about. Because, um, you know, if you, if you make decisions, the reality is even with the best planning, I have, I, I have been in this situation multiple times where even with all of the late night, conversations in my brain and planning and plan A through Z for what could possibly happen, you will still get surprised and there will still be something that catches you off guard. And so it is not worth that mental effort to worry yourself to death. Um, But acknowledging this is a possibility. And if you feel strongly about it, you, you should have a contingency plan in place, right? Like that, that is smart business planning. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. I guess um, we talked sort of all the way through the scenario. Let me, let me jump back. I'm going to give you a timeline, right? Okay. So here's the timeline that I imagine for this scenario. So right now, there all that can be done is think about the possibility of this being a problem yep. mm-hmm. and weigh that against your decision to purchase the practice. Yep. And if you're so concerned about it that you don't want to purchase the practice, then you shouldn't purchase the practice. Mm-hmm. And if you're not so concerned about this that you wouldn't purchase the practice, then you need to put this aside and you need to purchase the practice. Yep. And then when you purchase the practice, then you should address the team yep. and talk about where you want to go and what your vision is and talk mm-hmm. to them about what their vision is yep. and how you're going to support them and how you're going to run this business. And then you should see what they do and you should see if people's behaviors change or if they don't or if they leave or if they don't, you know, and, and we've talked before about about taking over as a practice owner. And one of my big things is um, is the idea that um, I would love for you to be here with this practice as we go forward. And if you don't think that this is right for you and you want to leave, then I support you in that too. And there is no hard feelings. Yep. But what you can't do is not get on board and stay on the ship. Yep. You cannot be unsupportive, not on board with what we're doing and continue to work here. And, and that's just, that's just, and that's for everybody. That's not this employee, that's everybody. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there's a chance that, that we may lose uh, people that way, you know? And so let's just go through that process with an open heart and an open mind and, and handle what comes. And as we go through that process, one of the things we're going to do is check in with our manager and say, hey, I don't know how this got set up with you managing a family member, um, how you feel about it. Yep. I have some concerns about it. Here's why. I don't want you to be put in a bad place. Uh, can we talk about about ways to make sure that this doesn't go badly mm-hmm. for everyone in the future and just get that laid in? And then we're also going to talk about uh, programs to hold people accountable mm-hmm. and what happens when we make mistakes and things like that. And again, it's not about this employee. It's about the business overall. And then if the employee is still a problem after we have done all of these things that we have laid this groundwork, then we're going to start giving the employee feedback. We're going to start writing them up. We're going to start taking them to the disciplinary process. And then we're going to watch what happens. Yep. You know, the first time I I write this employee up, is the manager going to have a problem with that? Yes or no? Um, you know, I, we just we just got to see. I, I don't know. But this is not going to go down in one blazing conversation. It's going to be a process as we move through it. And you better believe I'm going to watch the team and I'm going to watch the manager and I'm going to take the information in as it comes and I'll adjust the plan at that point. And um, and yeah, I'm going to start thinking if, you know, if this is if this is a stressful thing from a manager and we may start talking about um, about trying to retain this person or make sure that mm-hmm. they're supported. Uh, he might be like, why are you taking so long? This should have happened years ago. 
Uh, I, I have no idea. Right. All of those things require input and they're all going to give me new information. I would just tell you, whenever I have made a timeline this long, it has never happened. There has mm -hmm. always been other things that have come along because at some point the family member just decides they want to work at a bank and they just leave. Mm -hmm. And you know, mm -hmm. there's just a million things that could happen along the way. So putting too much more thought than that in it is just, it's just not worthwhile. So I just, I just laid out what I would yeah. say is this would be my general plan. And now I've written it down in a notebook that I will lose and I will forget about. But the fact that I know that somewhere there's a plan is all the comfort that I need. And I will go forward and we will cross each subsequent bridge as we come to it. Yeah. And that is, that is my advice. And the only other thing that I have to add is when you do, after you have the conversation with the manager about, you know, how do you feel about managing someone that you're related to and you start having conversations about taking action um I, like that's where for me clear is kind and you have to be honest and so setting setting a meeting with the manager and talking about the specifics and the best piece of advice i have to to give here is it's not personal. So don't make it personal. Don't, when you have the conversation, don't come at it from a place where you're criticizing the person that they're related to. You have to speak specifically to how their actions and the work that they're doing are impacting the business and negatively and, and potentially positively if there's positive things that are happening and you want to call that out because you want to work with this person and see if they can get better. But it can't be about the person and it can't be about their relationship. This is where you have to really, really, especially if you're a new leader, lean into this is about the business. This is not personal. It is about this person and the work that they are doing. And if the quality of that work is impacting your patients or your clients, that's the conversation you have. Not, I know that I know that Kate is related to you, but I really think that she needs to go. Like <laughs> that's that's not the conversation you want to have. Yep. Um, and so just just be clear. And like you said to your point, Andy see how they take that. What's their response? How do they react yeah. to the conversation? Are they God, this should have happened two years ago. Thank you. Thank you for finally yeah. dealing with this. Or are they like, how dare you say that? You know, like that their response to these conversations is going to give you a lot of information. And that's where you just you info gather and you sit yeah. back and then you are able to make decisions moving forward armed with more information than the what ifs, which is all you're sitting with at this point. Yeah. I, yep, I completely agree. I think that's, uh, I think we've kind of circled this topic pretty darn well. Yes. Um, a lot of it is just going to be wait and see. You know, one, uh, one last thing I'll throw in here too is uh, it's amazing how, you know, people, uh, people who are friends, people who are family, family members will initially defend uh, their friends or family very significantly. Yeah. <laughs> They'll say, oh, you know, this person is great and you don't see their value. If you have a clear metric for, you know, what it means to do a good job or, or you can clearly say, hey, look, this is what happened. And this is where it went wrong. Oftentimes people are rational. Yeah. You know, they may they may they may be emotional during the conversation. But if this is a slow process, oftentimes they come to accept. Yes, I love I love my family member very much. Mm -hmm. And we cannot send the incorrect medications out mm -hmm. the door like yeah. that. I, I, I can both of those things can be true you know, um, and they, they can come to that. Well, and realistically, like that, that allows you, it, it feels, it can feel negative very easily. And that also creates an incredible opportunity for you to see where people's values lie. Because I don't care whether it's your, I don't care if it's your partner that you're sleeping with in bed every day. If as the owner of a veterinary hospital, I have someone on my team who is willing to accept that a pet gets put in a cage without water for 24 hours. That to me is a violation of my values and ethics running the practice. And I don't want someone who would defend that behavior on my team. And so it feels crappy to think about potentially losing my manager. But if that is the case, it's also an incredible opportunity <laughs> to recognize that early on, right? Like to your point, people will acknowledge the bad behaviors. And if they don't, that provides me an opportunity to look at it and say, 
is there a values misalignment here? Because if there is, maybe that that is a, you know, a, a deeper conversation that we need to have as time goes on. Oh, man, I hope that this one helped our our friend who said that they were getting ready to buy their practice. And, and again, I think this is one of those episodes that people are going to recognize. And that's one of the beauties and the beast of veterinary medicine is that it's a very, very small world. And I think the big thing to recognize is that this can happen whether people are related to each other, but also can happen just if people are entwined in their lives. And so the last piece of advice that I would have for this practice owner is this is a great opportunity to (laughs) consult an employment attorney and and make sure that you start out on the right foot and that as you build policies and procedures and you have a handbook, like make sure that you do your research and find out what you should have in your handbook to protect yourself against relationships in the workplace, against nepotism, um, you know, because the last thing you want is something like this to bite you down the road. And it is a very, very worthwhile investment of time in spending an hour <laughs> consulting an attorney on building policies like this, because there are very um, there. This is one of those areas where the law isn't as clear cut and it's worth having someone whose job it is to do this professionally, help you craft those kind of policies. Definitely. Awesome. Thanks, Stephanie. I'll talk to you next week. Take care, everybody. Have a great week. Well, gang, that's a wrap on another episode of the podcast. And as always, this was so fun to dive into the mailbag and answer this question. And I would really love to see more things like this come through the mailbag. If there is something that you would love to have us talk about on the podcast or a question that you are hoping that we might be able to help with, feel free to reach out and send us a message. You can always find the mailbag at the website. The address is unchartedvet.com forward slash mailbag, or you can email us at podcast at unchartedvet.com. Take care, everybody, and have a great week. We'll see you again next time.